worship him. Hallelujah. He is worthy, Jesus. You are worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You are great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God is good, isn't he? Man, it's so good to worship the, the Lord. Amen. No matter what's going on, we're going to give him praise because he is worthy of it. Amen. It could be a bad day in the world, a bad day in our life, but hey, he doesn't change and he still deserves praise, right? He's been so good to us. He's brought us so far. Amen. And he is holy and he is righteous. He deserves praise just for who he is. Amen. Uh, people uh, can easily praise God for what he's done for them, but there's a whole different level of worship when you just worship him for who he is. Right? You're, it, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. He, he deserves worship for who he is. He is righteous and mighty. He's the only God, the one true God, the creator of everything. And because of that, he deserves praise and glory and worship. Amen. We're going to give it to him, right? We're going to give it to him no matter uh, what people say, what the world's going on. We're going to give him praise. Amen. It's because that's who we are. We are the people of God. We are redeemed Amen. by his name and his blood. Amen. And God has done so much for us. Amen. So good to see everyone here tonight. Uh, ushers, if you come, we want to continue in this atmosphere of uh, worship and giving. Amen. Let's all let's all pray. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for this time, this opportunity, all that you're doing in our lives for this moment. Now, Lord, that we can give back to you, Jesus, in worship and giving. I ask you to bless this offering, multiply it for your kingdom. We pray for each and every need. God, your hand be upon them and touch them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's come and give unto the Lord tonight. to worship and here I am to bow down and here I am to say that you're my God you're all together lovely all together worthy all together wonderful to Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. We worship you. We thank you, Lord. You are good, Lord. Amen. As we are staying, we go to where the Lord tonight. Uh, Joshua, the third chapter. 
continuing in our series of uh, entitled Crossing Over, Joshua 3, verse 5. Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake to the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant, pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. Verse 14, when it came to pass... Uh, when the people were moved from their tents to pass over Jordan, the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as they uh, bear the Ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priest that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth at all his banks all the time of the harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up, Upon a heap very far from the city of Adam, that is beside Zaratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed right over against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground unto all the people, uh, until all the people were passed over clean over Jordan. Amen. Uh, so I think tonight's part five of crossing over. Turn to a few people and greet them in Jesus' name as you're seated tonight. Amen. We've been tracking uh, the, the nation of Israel as they have been camped at the banks of the Jordan River for the second time in their history. But uh, this time they are preparing to cross over into the promised land with intentions on possessing it and fighting for the promises of God. And that is what uh, tread upon means, not just walking around, but you're willing to fight uh, willing to uh, extend your hand uh, to fight for the land and territory that God has promised to give. Uh, and so we watched Joshua send two spies into the land. And they ended up in Jericho in the, the home of uh, the harlot named Rahab. And it turns out that this harlot had more faith than Israel did, than the previous generation did. Because we talked about how God rewarded her faith and her sacrifice, that God not only saved her family, but uh, Rahab became grafted into the nation of Israel and became King David's great-grandmother. And God said, when I, when I come to the earth, I want to be a part of her lineage she has such a great faith, and I want to be coming through her kind, of, her lineage, and through that kind of faith. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It doesn't matter uh, who it is. You don't know who it is that is out there just waiting to get a hold of God. Uh, I keep saying, and, and we don't know who is out there that has yet to be reached, yet to believe, and yet to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. There's another Rahab out there somewhere in the city that God that will give birth to a king one day. Uh, there are apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists out there. There are Peter and Paul's out there who will die and turn the world upside down. 
But if we are willing just to tread, if we are willing just to fight and to go out on the march, God will go with us and go before us. All God needs is for us to do is to take a, take a step of faith and say, hey, I believe God can do it. I believe God for the impossible, and we can watch God do the rest and do the miraculous. So the two spies came back to uh, Jordan, or to Joshua, giving him the good news that said, everyone in the land is afraid of, of you. Uh, and so they were in the right place. They had the right mindset. They had uh, got rid of all that fear and unbelief uh, because you can't enter the promises of God if you're full of fear and, and, and unbelief. That previous generation uh, had, uh, they feared the giants, the Anakims. Um, and, and so it doesn't matter what it is, what the object is, you just, you can't fear it. You can't progress in God with fear in your life. Uh, you can't progress in God if you're afraid of COVID. If you, if you fear COVID or you fear anything, you can only go so far in your walk with God uh, because of that barrier of fear. That pushed them back and caused them to wander in the wilderness. And so fear uh, will will prevent you from moving forward, and that's what happened to that nation, that entire generation, uh, with with Moses. Uh, and so uh, this current generation with Joshua, they were uh, they weren't afraid. They were ready to go over. They received a good report uh, of uh, the land, but there was one thing that we had they had to do, as we mentioned last week. They had to sanctify themselves. Why? Because God was going to come in there in their midst. They had to cleanse themselves. Because how can you have a holy God come down into your situation and fight for you if you are filthy and unclean? How, that it doesn't work. It's light and dark. It doesn't blend together. Uh, and so if you're filthy and unclean or there are unclean things in your home... How can you have a holy God go before you and make a way for you uh, and prepare that in, in holiness and righteousness? And the only way you're going to know uh, which way to go is if you are clothed in righteousness and holiness as well. Uh, and so we talked about that last week, how the, the invisible ink, how uh, you need that special light to see that ink and that writing and the directions and that Jesus is that light for us because without him, we're blind. Without him, we cannot see the way of the Lord. You cannot see which way he's trying to go. And it's, it's in this dark world that we are called to be the light of this world. And uh, we are called to reflect it. We're not the source of light. Jesus is the light. We're just reflections of it. We're vessels in this dark world. And so that is why we have to sanctify ourselves and keep ourselves sanctified so that that light can continue to reflect off of us and be a vessel unto God. Uh, and so here they, they've sanctified themselves um, uh, according to what Joshua told them. And uh, they're preparing to go over uh, into the promised land. But the first obstacle that Israel faces is not Jericho. Jericho's waiting for them. Uh, the first obstacle that they face is the Jordan River. Now, it's one thing for a couple of spies to cross over the river, but for an entire nation of people to cross over river, that's a completely different thing. Even a couple hundred people, you can get boats or make a little, uh, you know, bridge or you just swim across with, a, with some water wings or something. 
Uh, but for millions of people, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of warriors going across, you just can't really do that. Uh, and so it's going to take some planning, uh, engineering, takes architects, a lot of resources uh, to construct something that can pave a way for that many people to cross a river uh, that is overflowing its banks. Uh, and so, but remember, Israel had just come out of the wilderness. They've been wandering for 40 years. Uh, they're just, they're blessed enough to have shoes on their feet. I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not carrying around cranes and, and forklifts and things to, to build these, build a bridge or a highway to cross over the Jordan River. Uh, so, you know, they, don't, they didn't have any resources to build a, a, a bridge across the river. And so when you don't have what you need to get through or over your obstacle, where do you go? Where do you turn to? Where do you go when you are lacking? Many people will fall on the, the safety net of the government and the, the social nets that they have in place. Uh, but we should be choosing to go to the Lord because he is our provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. I know that he will supply our needs. And so we don't need to run to the government. We can run to Jesus Christ. When all we have is a pile of ashes, God says, hey, I'll, I'll trade beauty for those ashes. What, a, what kind of deal is that? When, when we lack strength and, and we only have weakness, God says, hey, I'll give you my strength and give me your weakness. And for the spirit of heaviness, he says, I'll give you the gar a garment of praise. Uh, that's the kind of trade and deal that I want to be a part of. The government's not going to give you anything better than that. That's why we need to go to Jesus Christ, amen, and he can take care of our needs. It's okay to be lacking the resources. It's, it's okay to not have everything that you need. But if you have Jesus, then really you have everything that you need, Right? I mean, if, he, if you don't have it and Jesus doesn't have it, he can just speak it and it can come into existence. That's, that's the kind of a guy you want on your side who can just speak things into existence, right? Uh, and so uh, uh, we just don't need to be lacking in faith. And again, that's where the, the fear comes in, the, the, the barriers that can uh, block your faith because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so if you're facing an obstacle, a barrier that you cannot go across, we don't need to fear it. You need to believe that God's going to make a way and open a door and, and help you get through and over it so that you can see the hand of God come down in your life. Man, and so not only was the Jordan River the first obstacle, but it uh, represented all other hindrances and difficulties. Because if you can't trust God to get you through the river, uh, you're not going to be able to trust God to, to get whatever's, whatever's on the other side of the river. And on the other side of the river, the, the first obstacle, uh, the first city was Jericho. And that wasn't just a simple uh, little straw hut community. Uh, that was a, a, a well-fortified uh, city. And so uh, if you have the faith to, for God to get you through the Jordan River, you have the faith for God to te tear down Jericho and any other city or any other army or e enemy that's waiting there uh, to, to meet you. And so if they can get across the river, there's nothing that could stand in their way. In many ways, this kind of was a repeat uh, of of the Red Sea, the the first generation they they saw the Red Sea split. 
Uh, and they walked through on dry ground, and uh, yet they didn't have the faith to get beyond that. Uh, they, they, they didn't have the faith to get through the wilderness and, and get through the next barrier. Um, and, and so uh, those that were old enough to remember that, uh, they perished. Those were over 20 years old and older. Uh, they saw the, the Red Sea walls, but yet they didn't have the faith. And so God says, I can't, I can't work with unbelief. I can't, if you fear the enemy, I can't, there's not much I can do for you. And, and so um, uh, when Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, everything was fine until they ran out of road. They, they, were, all, they, they were okay until the road ran out, and they, then they started uh, really going crazy. They couldn't go back, and they couldn't go forward. Uh, Pharaoh's army was behind them. Uh, and so they were staring at the Red Sea, and they had no resources to build a bridge, and they didn't have the years that it would take to do that, and they were helpless. And they knew it, and Moses knew it, and God knew it. It's not like... Uh, Moses may have been a little surprised, but he wasn't lacking in faith. He knew what God, God could do because Moses just uh, helped orchestrate and introduce the, the ten plagues. And so uh, he knew that God can do anything. And so what an opportunity for God to show up when you run out of road, right? That's perfect place for it. And, and many times miracles are experienced when you are at the end of your road. You can't do anymore, you have nothing left, and you've tried all you can do, or you've drained all your resources, and that's when you often see God do his best work if you turn to him, because that's what he likes to do. He likes to show off his power and his, and his uh, majesty so that he can get the glory. I heard a, a pastor say that when he prays for missionaries, he doesn't pray that God will just pour out blessings in their lives. He says when he prays for missionaries, he prays for empty pockets. He prays for empty pockets. Lord, let them have empty pockets so that they're totally dependent on you. How about that prayer? How often do we pray like that? God, empty my pockets. Empty their pockets, God. We always pray for blessings. We pray for full pockets, right? We're not going to pray for empty pockets. What kind of life would it be to have empty pockets? But having God open every single door. Having God perform miracles left and right, and you see the hand of God and the glory of God, or have your groceries dropped off at your door by a stranger, what kind of life would that be? It would not be a, a, a dull life. It would be an exciting life, seeing God's hand work in your life and provide for you every day of your life. And, and some would say that's no way to live. Well, one can argue that's living by faith. One would say that's living by faith when you have empty pockets. Here, uh, I, I'm not advocating that we sell all and we start a tent community. But uh, what I'm saying is that miracles often happen when people run out of options. When they run out of options, when out of places to go, when their pockets are empty, that is a place where miracles often occur. Uh, and that is a place that many people would probably rather not be in. Who's going to say, I want to be a place where I have empty pockets? 
There's, there's no comfort there. There's, there's only desperation and there's only hunger when you have empty pockets. One person who had full pockets but didn't get their miracle until their pockets were empty was the lady with the issue of blood. She had it all, but she spent it all. Trying to fix her problem, going to every physician, every doctor, every, every possible way to fix it. But when her pockets were finally emptied, they, they were filled with desperation and, and hunger for a miracle. And that led her to crawl through the crowd and reach up and grab the hem of Jesus' garment. And the miracle was there waiting for her. Why? Because she had empty pockets and she was desperate and hungry for a touch of God. And so when you find yourself staring at an obstacle or a barrier and you have no other option but to call on God, that's when the waters start to split. That's when the miracle happens. That's when you pass through on dry ground and to the other side only by the hand of God, and that is the only option that you have to get you through. So the, the children of Israel witnessed uh, Moses raising his rod and, and God parting the Red Sea. They walked through on dry ground. Uh, and just like Israel uh, facing the Jordan River, um, the, the Red Sea represented every obstacle that would come for them. God is thinking, if, if the children of Israel watch me part the Red Sea and I have it collapse on the army right behind them, right just in time. I mean, it, it's, ama- it's one thing uh, I can imagine walking through and seeing the 100-foot the wall of water. But then to turn around and watch it all fall back down. Like you know that the hand of God was holding that up if you watch it fall on the army behind you. And so uh, if they saw that, surely that they would have the faith to believe me. Because if, if God can defy nature, if he can split an ocean, what does that mean he can do when something else comes along? What, what is hunger when God can part the Red Sea? What is this army standing before us if he can put the previous army at the bottom of an ocean? So to truly understand the meaning, uh, if God is for us, who can be against us? That means if God has ever done anything for you, if he has performed a miracle in your life, if he showed himself to be good to you, if he has opened a door that you knew only he could do it, well, then you have everything you need to get through your next obstacle because everything was found in your previous obstacle and your prior giant or your prior uh, barrier that you faced, whether it's a body of water or giant walls or an army or a sickness or, or disease or ad- addiction or sin, they are all the same in God's eyes, just another obstacle. And hey, I got you through that last obstacle. I can get you through this obstacle. That's the type of faith that we need. Uh, that's the type. That's what we need to believe in. And then that's what that the the uh, first generation could not do. They did not have that faith. Uh, and so that's what they failed to understand as they passed through the Red Sea. How many times did God tell Moses that he was going to wipe them out and start over? Can you imagine how frustrated God must have been saying that? After all that he's done time and time again, doing things for them, and yet still they had not the faith to get through. If, if you want to frustrate God, then you just do what Israel do. 
did. Start complaining after witnessing God's hand in your life. Start complaining and that will get you on a naughty list real quick. Because you can get God's attention real quick in two ways. You can cry out to God for help or you can complain to him for, for what, what is going on in your life. And you choose which way you want to go. But I choose to cry out to God and believe that he can do the impossible. Because I know he's already done it in my life. He's already brought me through time, countless things. And so if he's brought me this far, what stands in my way is not going to be a, a, a hindrance to me. It's God's going to see me through. And so... Uh, Moses is, uh, the people with Moses, they complained and they died in the wilderness. They didn't have the faith for the miraculous. Uh, but the only good things that come out of Moses' generation was Joshua and Caleb. And they, they were part of it, but yet they're the only ones that had the faith. Uh, and so it doesn't matter uh, how few uh, there are. If, if you're a believer and you're following the word of God, God will see to it that you get the promises, you get the blessings. It doesn't matter if God keeps you alive for another 40 years like he did for Joshua and Caleb. Uh, they, were, they were going back in. Only two that to go back in. And both generations faced a similar obstacle, a large body of water that needed to get across. Obviously, Moses's. Uh, generation we may allow for more grace because they were just released from prison of Egypt and they, they were really on their own but uh, again that's extending some grace their way but there there is a big difference when God split the waters for Moses and when he did it for Joshua for Moses it was just Moses holding up the rod but when Joshua watched the waters part there was a team of priests that were carrying the ark into the river, and the waters parted. And so if we're going to cross over the, the next barrier into the next dimension of God, we're going to have to work together as a body, carrying the ark of God, carrying whatever God has called upon us to do, and to do things as a body and as a team. No, no, no you and I, no, no singleness, no more you and me, but it's us. So we've got to come together and, and go forward in what God wants us to do. Uh, not, not taking turns, but we all do it together. We move and act and breathe as one body and one mind and one accord because it's all of us or none of us, right? We, we're not going to split up and say you have, you, you have to get to go first and you, you guys stay behind. That's not what God wants. He wants everyone carrying the ark and going across together, amen? Amen, and so uh, I, I need you and you need me. We need each other in order to see God's hand, his miracles, his signs and wonder and happiness in our life. We need each other, but we all have to do our part and carry our own weight to get across the river. And so if you want to see God get excited and unleash his power and have the people of God start carrying the ark together down the river, marching towards the next obstacle, and God will show up. And, and show off his power. And so what happens when the people of God start coming together and, and, and believing and, uh, that anything is possible and, and to follow the spirit, what happens is uh, carnality likes to stick its ugly head up, right? I mean, if you're moving in the way that of the spirit, then the flesh wars against the spirit. The flesh is going to try to, to prevent 
uh, you from going that way. And so if we're all going to unite and carry the ark together, we've got to watch out for the flesh and watch out for carnality and the works of the flesh because it's, a, it's inevitable that uh, it will uh, show up. Um, maybe it may come into thoughts like, uh, I don't like who's next to me. Or if we're all car- if we're carrying the ark and you're saying, I don't like who's standing next to me, that's, that's not good, right? Uh, I don't, I don't want to walk with them. I want to walk with uh, my friends or I want to I be with them. Like, it's just, there's these little thoughts, you know, that's, that's not unifying, it's not edifying, it's, it's separating. Or what, what is he or she doing holding the ark after what they have done? Thinking like that can easily halt forward progress because we got to be moving together, right? Ephesians 4 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring, that's an action word. That means you have to exert yourself. You have to put forth an effort. And so Paul says it takes work to keep the unity of the Spirit. It takes work. It just doesn't happen automatically. We each have to do work. We each have to put in our our effort and to keep the unity of the Spirit. And it's not just praying and fasting and that part. But Paul said with all lowliness and meekness and with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. That means holding up one another. It also means to suffer. Sometimes to hold somebody else up, you have to suffer a little bit. It has to cause you some pain or, uh, you know, you try to do an exercise and hold your arm up or hold something up over your head for an extended period of time and your arm gets tired real quick. Uh, and so that's, uh, uh, that means endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. You're working whatever it takes. And, and so sometimes we may have to suffer a little bit in order to keep the unity of the Spirit. Sometimes uh, somebody might be a little too carnal and you want to be carnal back. And your flesh wants to fight back, right? Sometimes you want to bite back. But Paul says we might have to hold our tongue and hold our peace and long-suffering. That's suffering long. Even though they're not in the right, uh, we don't want to be wrong with them, right? And so we can't control what people do to us, but we can control what, how we respond. And sometimes if, our, if we're not prayed up, uh, sometimes our flesh will jump out first and we're like, oh, get back here. And we may do things or say things that... Uh, uh, may, may cause pain into others as opposed to uh, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. And, and so that doesn't mean there's a, a, a license, a, a, a grace to go around hurting people. Obviously, we shouldn't be doing that. But uh, sometimes uh, people aren't always like Jesus. And uh, is, is, uh, we got to re- be careful how we respond to them uh, in, a, in a, a, a right way and speak the truth in love. And so uh, there's a, we are a body with many members, and not every member acts like Jesus all the time. Uh, and so we have to make sure that we're doing our best. But if we're endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit, then we all 
uh, with uh, all lowliness and meekness and long suffering will forbear one another in love. God will work it out. God sees every injustice. He sees every hurt, every pain, every word, every action, every deed that is done. And God will work it out, and he can do it better than you can. We, we can uh, uh, conceive our own ways of retaliation, getting back at them. But I assure you, God can do it better. And if, he let, if we let God do it, then we're off the hook for, for anything uh, that has to come back to us, right? And so let's all carry the ark together. We come together and we find out uh, and we pick up the, find our place in, in the body. And we pick up the ark and we carry it on our shoulders and we march forward to see what God has in store for apostolic praise. 1 Corinthians 12, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members, of, uh, members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. I mean, we can really identify with that second part where we're all about rejoicing and, and celebrating. Uh, but when one member suffers, are we going to welcome that suffering too? You know, that's a part of endeavoring to keep the spirit. Sometimes we, don't, sometimes we didn't do anything wrong, but yet somehow we have to suffer with another member. And that doesn't, uh, that can mean a whole bunch of things. Uh, but, you know. Uh, you stub your little pinky toe, the whole body suffers, you know. It's, it's, it's just the way it is. And, and so we, we know that we are, uh, we will know that we are fitly joined together when we feel each other's pain and we feel uh, their, their need and we go there, we meet the need. We do our best to comfort and uh, exhort and encourage one another uh, because uh, if we can't feel each other's pain, then we're not going to be there to rejoice with each other. Right? When one member suffers, we all suffer. And so if we can't feel the pain or we don't want to feel the pain, then there's a break somewhere, a disconnect. Uh, and so your hand is not connected to your big toe if you can't feel it when you stub it. Uh, and so uh, because our body is united and in, in harmony, we feel pain from all different members. And so if, if each individual part, works out and does what it's called to do, uh, not for its own purpose but for the body, uh, then we are, are doing and fulfilling what God wants us to do. We, we're, we're just a stone. Uh, Paul says uh, we're lively stones built up for one another. Uh, but it all can't be about us. It can't all be about my brick and my stone. But we're, we're trying to build uh, something for God. And so we have to take all of our bricks together to make what God is doing in our life. And so we, we may wonder, where's my place in all this? We have to uh, uh, choose, uh, and we have no choice in the matter where our place is because God, God puts us where he wants us. Uh, it's our responsibility to grow, to learn, and to join together with the people that have been placed on our, each side of us. We're just here carrying the ark. We're ready to move forward and, and go across the Jordan River and to see what God has in store for us. And so uh, our, our, my job, your job, is to be in one mind and one accord, united with every brick that surrounds your brick. And we may not know exactly what bricks are next to us. That's why we've got to be nice to everybody, right? Uh, and because we want to follow what God wants us to do. Musicians, will you come?
And it came to pass, um, or our text, it came to pass, verse 14, that when the people were moved from their tents to pass over the Jordan, the priest bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as they that bear the ark were come unto the Jordan, and the feet of the priest that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. And so after roaming in the wilderness for 40 years, they finally come back to the Jordan River. And now they're ready to cross over it. And wouldn't you believe it, that when the Israelites are finally ready to break through and break, break forth, they're ready to cross over, would you believe it that the Jordan River is swollen? It's, it's overflowing at its banks. It's, it's flooding the surrounding areas. And it makes things worse when the river is flooded. When the river, uh, the water is uh, five feet higher than what it should be, that creates problems. At first glance, you would think that if we're going to cross over, the time not to do it is when it's not flooded. We'll wait when the river uh, is not at its highest, but we'll wait for when it's at its lowest, right? That's when, it's, when it would be the easiest uh, to cross over, uh, or maybe it'll dry up, who knows. But uh, once you've decided to make up in your mind that you're going to move forward in God, the enemy isn't just going to let you go. The enemy's not just going to say, okay, you finally made up your mind. You're going to do what you were called to do, and uh, let me get out of the way. No, that's going to happen. The enemy knows that once you cross over that barrier, once you cross over that, 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 that river, and you start living in the promised land and experience the blessing of God, that you're, gonna, you're not going to want to go back to Egypt. You're not going to want to go back to your old life. And so that's why the river swells when you're ready to cross over it. That's why it's not not at its lowest point. That's why it's not dried up to make it easy to go across. That is why the river is at its fullest to, to try to intimidate you. And the enemy wants to put that fear back into you and to, uh, to, to, to make you believe that you can't go through this, that you're not going to make it, that God's not going to make his way a way for you. It's going to push back. Your, your, the bondage pushes back. The addiction always pushes back. The, the chains don't let you go that easy. But we know that greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. And when you make up your mind to go forward, you need to step out in faith and say, this is where I'm going, and I'm not going back. I'm not going back the way that I came, the way that it used to be. We got to go forward and keep moving forward in God and leave those that pass behind us and move forward in the promises of God. God. Man, if you stand with me, the moment the priests started carrying the ark, they stepped into the overflowing waters of the mighty Jordan River. As soon as they did, the waters started stopping. I wonder what the priests were thinking. They're thinking, man, could it could the waters be a little lower? I mean, we're I mean, we're, we're the first, we're the front line. We're the ones that are walking in first. I mean, walking by faith when you're you're carrying the ark, and you got to go in the water first, and it's overflowing, and, 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 and it's intimidating. But they didn't stop. Once they started walking, they kept on going forward. And so that's what uh, 
we need to do, keep moving forward in God. As soon as you get God involved, then the power of the enemy is stopped. But at once, if you don't get God involved, then the enemy is still there fighting. But uh, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Once you get the Spirit in your life, there is liberty. The power of the enemy is cut off and gives you that moment, that, that chance to step across and to step into the waters uh, by faith. And so even though the enemy has power, he is not greater than our God. He has no more power than our God. When the enemy swells up and when the enemy rises up, that's not time to back down and back away. That's the time that we take another step forward uh, and say, God, you're going to make a way through this. You're going to lead us through here. You brought us this far. You're not going to leave us stranded here on this side. No, we're going to go forward. We're going to break forth into the promises that you have for us. The Bible says that the Israelites walked across on dry ground. And so don't tell me that there is not a way. We may not see the way, but God knows the way. And God will lead us uh, down the path that he has for us. And, and don't tell me that God doesn't love you or, or don't tell me about how big your barriers. I'm going to tell you how big our God is. Uh, because I, uh, I'm going to say that there is a way, that our God can make a way, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we know that the enemy is going to fail. The enemy always fails when we surrender to God. When we run to him, uh, the enemy cannot uh, get us out of his hands. And so what is, what is your Jordan River tonight? What is that barrier? What is that thing in front of you? That seems so intimidating, that is uh, swollen, it is overflowing at its banks right now. Whenever you're, when you've uh, mustered up the courage and the faith to say, okay, God, I've had enough. And uh, you, be, you look, take another look at your problem and it seems even more intimidating than it is. What, is. what is your Jordan River? What is your problem? I know that God is bigger than that problem. I know that God is greater than that circumstance, and he is more powerful than any sickness, any addiction, any stronghold, any, any spirit of depression. Today is a day you got to make up your mind, hey, we're still going forward. We're believing in God. We're going to walk across this Jordan River uh, hand in hand as one body, and it's time to trade in the past for the promises of God in the future. The promised land is waiting Blessings are waiting. And so we can't let anything keep us from going where God wants us to go. It doesn't matter if, if the world goes on lockdown again. We can't, we can't fear uh, what the world has or what the world does. We're going to put our faith and trust in God. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe we're, we got great things in store? God is leading us across into the promised land. Let's worship the Lord together tonight in faith and thank him for what he's doing in our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd, and he goes Hallelujah. before me. He goes before me. He knows where we are. My 
him. Can we thank him for his grace, his mercy. We thank him for his hand that's upon our lives. God, that you're going to bring us through. God, we believe in you. We trust in you, God. We're going to break through every barrier, God, in you. We're going to see the victory. We're going to see the promises that you have in store for us. Amen.
It's so good to know that we can stand upon the Word of God and we have that encouragement and that faith in the Word of God to help us through. Uh, and no matter what we go through, we can always look to uh, examples in the Bible. People that are just like you and I, and they, they face the impossible. And if God brought them through, he'll bring us through. Amen? Amen. We just got to keep believing, keep remaining faithful and consecrated to him. Amen. And we're going to see God do great things. Amen? Amen. God bless you all.